Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. All right, so you got some new headsets or some new headphones. I've got an old one that I found. Oh, <laughs> all right. Just well, I wanted to make was, sure they worked. And they work just beautifully. All right, welcome, everybody, to the show. we got a great show for you this morning. A uh, little bit of a, a switch up. Our guest is actually going to come on the second half of the show, uh, Isabella uh, Fierro. She's uh, with the uh, Epson Tour and uh, going to be moving on, actually, to the LPGA. She finished ninth place uh, in this season's Race for the Cards. We'll tell you a little bit about that and more. Uh, but first, you and I, Cindy, are going to dip our toes into the no BS zone. We're going to talk about some kind of a fun conversation about benefits of playing golf. Um, besides some of the obvious that, that we know, um, there's a lot of different benefits. So I thought we would jump in in a conversation. But just to remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, for some reason, if you can't join us live, you can just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and you can just scroll down to the on-demand section. Uh, and all of the previously aired shows, including today's, will be there a little bit later on uh, after the broadcast. But you can listen to all of the previously aired shows uh, whenever it's convenient for you. But uh, thank you for joining us, for those of you tuning in live. As I said, we're going to zip into the no BS zone. And um, I guess the first question, Cindy, we would ask, are there benefits to playing golf? And the obvious answer is yes. Uh, it's one of the most popular recreational sports in the world, believe it or not, and with good reason. It's a low-impact activity that offers a variety of health benefits for, for people of really any age, uh, whether you're a, a junior uh, or a senior. Uh, you can play this great game at whatever level you choose to. So there's a lot of great uh, health benefits, and uh, we're going to talk about a few things. But the first one, I think, um, Cindy, that comes to mind for me is the fact that you spend this sport outdoors. Um, when done responsibly, uh, and, of course, that means taking the proper protection, it's a great way of getting things like vitamin D, which obviously boosts your health uh, in a number of ways, including supporting your immune system. So there's definite health benefits as well. But what are some of the other things about being outdoors? What is it about that you love about this game um, when it re- pertains to being outdoors? Well, the trees and the animals and the grass and the flowers and fresh air and, I mean, come on. It's just, it's awesome just to be outside. Yeah, and there's some great place. Yeah, there's some, I agree. There's some great places, a lot of, you know, that's one thing I give uh, a lot of the architects of golf. Um, they always make it very picturesque, and they try, um, you know, their darndest to blend it in with nature um, and keeping, especially some of the more modern golf courses particularly, uh, are really starting to um, incorporate um, a much more picturesque. I'm not saying that the older ones weren't, but uh, I think they're taking an extra step um, to, to make it a little bit more picturesque. And you know, uh, it's certainly nice to see some animals, depending on where you are. If you're down here in the sunny south, uh, you certainly don't want to run into a gator uh, anytime soon. But um, even they can be from a distance, can be interesting uh, to see on the golf course. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, 
just being out with nature, just appreciating uh, the great views. Um, what was the, Do you remember some of the courses? Cindy, I know you've played a lot on the LPGA and obviously on the Legends Tour. What were some of your favorite courses that really brought that? French to? Lick. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cha- French challenging, but, re- <laughs> but remember, uh, memorable, right? Yeah, French Lick. Yeah, it's just absolutely that- beautiful. French Lick, Victoria National... Uh, in Evansville, Indiana is beautiful. Uh, Spyglass in California is beautiful. Just absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is is so many of them are different from one another. You know, a lot of people think, well, it's kind of the same, but it's really not. Uh, you know, the architects that design and designers of, of a lot of great courses around the world really try to make it a unique experience. Now, obviously, there's certain characteristics that are similar. You have tee boxes and you have greens and fairways and things like that, but they try to really mix it up. And, you know, for instance, like Pinehurst, a lot of uh, Pinehurst courses are cut through the pines. So you have a very uh, sort of a natural feel to it. You're, um, you know, really not disturbing a lot of the, the landscape that's already there. Uh, and then you get some other ones, uh, you know, in, in areas like over in, in Scotland that they're very open. Uh, more of like a field uh, type uh, thing with fescue and and uh, and other uh, things as well. So it really depends on where you play, but uh, there's something for everybody. And I think spending out time, and again, um, when done responsibly, obviously you want to wear some sunscreen. You don't want to get burnt, and you don't want to get uh, uh, you know things like skin cancer. So you got to be mindful of that. But it's still nice to be outside. Some great picturesque locations, and it is definitely getting some uh, natural vitamin D is certainly going to help boost your immune system. Another one, too, Cindy, is um, golf is really meant to be a social sport. Uh, even though um, it's, you know, sort of framed as a, a one-person sport, you're out there on your own battling the elements. Um, certainly you may be playing in a group, but you're, you're there to yourself. It's meant to be a social um, uh, sport and, and interactive with, with your fellow partners and, and, uh, and so forth. So, do you see that? Do you agree with that, that it is a, can be a very social sport? Yes, for sure. I mean, you get to hang out with people. You get to make friends. Uh, you, get to, you get to see how people think. Um, mm-hmm. You get to figure out whether or not you want to do business with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to find out if people follow rules. You get to see if people are selfish. You get to see all kinds of things about people. Don't you feel that to be the case? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think you hit them right on the head. Um, you get, a, you know, especially if you're playing in a corporate event or something, you get to see how people conduct themselves. Because if they're if they're a little sneaky on, the, I'm going to be polite. If they're a little sneaky on the golf course, um, it, it lends to um, you know, how they may conduct themselves in, in day-to-day business. And I've, you know, I've played a lot over the years in a corporate environment, um, really where I've sort of focused a lot of my career. And, you know, there's been some people, I'll tell you, that were um, being polite here, were a little shady and on the golf course. And uh, I didn't really want to do business with them moving forward. So, um, yeah, you learn a lot. But there's also some other more positive things. It's, it's really great, believe it or not, in your self-esteem. Now, some people might argue with that and say, well, you know, golf's challenging and, you know, I, I don't always feel good when I'm, you know, I'm a 25 handicap, you know, I'm not me personally, but obviously somebody's saying that. Um, how does that boost their esteem? But really, it helps to develop their social skills and really overall mental well-being because it gets you, it, it really puts you in a position, I think, to um, become a better communicator. You're, you're, you're put in a position, if, if you're playing in a foursome as an example, you're there. Uh, it may not always be friends. Sometimes you get piled in with other people. It kind of forces you to come out of your box a little bit and, and be interactive and be uh, conversational and have fun. I mean, the golf is meant to be fun. It, it is a challenging sport, no doubt, but it's meant to be fun. You're there to have a good time, and if you're not, then you're doing something wrong, and it's not your play. It's your personality that needs to, to uh, maybe have a check. Um, I think also, too, at golf, uh, another benefit, really, Cindy, is is the healthy competition. 
Um, again, you're meeting new golfing friends. Um, obviously, one of the first things they may ask you is your handicap, you know, trying to get a sense of where they're where you're at. Um, but I think that's I think it's competition is good. Um, I, again, you don't have to, you know, bear down and knuckle down every time um, if you're just having a friendly competition. But I think it's good. I think it's good because it pushes you a little bit, right? Absolutely. Again, if you stop and think about it, you know, I live in Buffalo and a lot of people that retire have a second home uh, in, in the south and they go down for the mm-hmm. winter. And what mm-hmm. they do is they play pickleball and they play golf. And they do that to keep themselves active. They're not going to sit in their rocking chair watching TV all day. So it keeps people active, gives them a sense of community that gets them out of the house, gives them a sense of purpose, keeps them active, keeps their mind moving. So there's so many benefits to learning to play the game of golf, even if they haven't done it most of their life. So the, the friendly competition I've got a gentleman that um, is 84 that comes for lessons. I've got two of them that want to break their age. And, you know, they're out there grinding their guts out and hitting it pretty darn good. And they're 84 years old, having something to look forward to, keeping them mentally strong. I mean, that's what this is all about. So, yeah, yeah, definitely a sense of competition. I remember um, speaking to a gentleman in, in South Florida years ago, and he said to me, he said, you know, one of, the, one of the great things about getting older is it becomes easier to break your age. And I said, how do you, how do you figure? And he says, well, I'm 95 now. So I, just, I shoot. <laughs> I mean, it's, easier for, it's easier for me to break my age at 95 than it is at 72. So, you know, I, there, there's a little bit of obviously humor there, but, um, but no, it's true. It, you know, and it's funny you mentioned, I just want to point this out because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I've started seeing a little bit of a, a whisper in the golfing community, but a lot of places now because pickleball becoming a fast growing sport that a lot of golf properties now, newer ones in particular, even some existing ones are starting to incorporate that into their resorts. Um, you know, in addition to obviously offering some great uh, golf opportunities, they're now bringing pickleball in. And I've even seen, uh, again, some whispers in the golfing community where they're thinking about that down the road. They're saying, you know what, if we're going to build a new golf property, whatever, we want to have that because it's becoming such a popular sport um, all the way around. That um, And it just makes sense. It, it's all about having fun. And, but, you know, it's okay to have a little bit of competition and, you know, you, you see, and again, it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, I've seen, you know, foursomes that have played, you know, together for 20, 30, 40 years, and they're still just as competitive as they were in their twenties. And they're now, you know, maybe up in their seventies, eighties, what have you. Um, and they just love the competition. They love razzing one another and, and just, you know, kind of getting under one skin. It's all in good fun, of course. But, um, so, I mean, that's a, a healthy, um, you know, sense of competition is, is a great um, way and benefit to, for playing golf. Um, this is one, too, that, you know, I think is good for people that really um, struggle. Um, and that is, I think, especially if you're on your own, if you're, you know, maybe later in the day and you get on the course and there's not a lot of people there and you're able to, to maybe play a quick nine or something, I suggest doing it without keeping score. I think sometimes people get so caught up on the numbers that they don't, they, number one, they forget to have fun. Um, but I think also they get so caught up in the numbers that they're overthinking the process. What do you think? Totally agree. Totally agree. And, and I'm going to reflect back on last week with Austin, Kim, our guest, mm-hmm. yeah. to mimic playing in a tournament. Sometimes just go out and play late in the afternoon by yourself when no one's around so you're not holding people up and hit a couple shots and mimic yeah. playing in a tournament. And mm-hmm. Or when you do have your friendly competition and talk to yourself and say, okay, I'm going to, this shot counts and I'm going to walk back and line myself up. Make sure that your pre-shot routine 
and your process is comfortable to you. Um, yesterday I was given a lesson and, and we were working with the blast motion, the putting uh, right. system. And I said, let's try to get all three green lines. And I said, it doesn't mean you have to be two to one. I'm never two to one. My best mm-hmm. strokes are 1.61, 1.71. So I can't have the system tell me what I need to be. When I put Mm -hmm. my best, I'm like 1.7, maybe 1.8 to 1. I said, so we can change the numbers. Let's get you comfortable, then we'll change the system's numbers. Oh, okay. Well, you Mm -hmm. know, so let's figure that out. And you can do that when you're out there on your own rather than saying, I have to fit into this box. Well, no, you don't. You got to figure out right. what's best for you. So sometimes that takes the pressure off, and then when you are under the gun, you can perform better up to your abilities. You know that's a great point. I, I can remember years ago when I played with uh, you know a lot of friends back home, and you know there were a couple of us that you know obviously played extremely well, and compared to some of the others, and you know we could hit it a mile. And they couldn't hit it as far. And you could see them trying to force it. And I would say to I have a friend, uh, Paul, who comes to mind. And I used to say, Paul, I said, listen, you know, it's not that I don't want to encourage you to, uh, you know, to increase the distance. And, you know, we can talk about some ways to do that. But I said, you know, don't try to play to somebody else's game. Play your own game. And you'll have more fun. Because he would get frustrated. He'd say, you know, I, I can't hit it. And you guys are hitting it 20 yards past this. And, you know blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, yeah, but I said, you know, we're a lot more experienced. We've played a lot longer. I have another friend who's a teaching professional as well. And, you know, and I just said, look, we're friends. We're out here having fun. And, and uh, you know, and he was a great putter and, you know, had other areas of his game. I said, focus on your strengths and don't worry about whether you're hitting it as far as somebody else. And and I think that's another reason why to not focus on the score. You know, stop focusing on the numbers so much. They'll, they'll fall in place. And, and, you know, subscribe to your own process. I mean, there's certain things that obviously you have to do uh, in order to be a good ball striker, and there's certain things, you know, if you want to be improve your putting and that. But people get so caught up in the process um, and, and trying to do everything just perfect that it ends up becoming more frustrating. So, you know, I, I just say leave the scorecard, especially if you're playing by yourself, you're not playing any sort of special event, and just focus on having a good time. Maybe, again, if, you, if you're not going to hold anybody up, play a couple of balls and don't play them from the same spot. You know, what I used to do sometimes when I had uh, a little bit extra time, and I, even if I could only go and play five or six holes is I would, you know, drop a ball one play or I hit a shot, sorry, uh, one place, play the ball from there. And then I drive maybe over the other side of the fairway or, or a little further up and play a different shot. And just to kind of get used to, you know, playing from different areas. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, and, um, you know, score doesn't always matter. It matters during certain times, but not uh, all the time, and, and just go out and have fun. Uh, and then you can play at your own pace as well. Um, also, another thing, uh, believe it or not, uh, golf can improve your concentration, which ultimately helps boost your brain box. So, um, you know, you're focusing on accuracy and obviously concentration when you're really trying to dial things in. Um, I'm sure, Cindy, especially, you know, being a top-level player, that you found yourself over the years, as frustrating as I know sometimes it could be, your level of concentration. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think it also, it helps you be able to know how to zero in. Mm -hmm. And turn off distractions. Right. And and um, like I, we've got like a little sense around our brain and know that's not important and this is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this is inside the box, that's outside the box. I'm not going to let anything inside the box that shouldn't be there. And that's not important, and this is, and know how to turn it on and turn it off. And I think that 
the more you play and the more you have experience in knowing what can trip you up, which only comes from experience and playing and knowing, you know, and saying, wow, I really messed that up. Then you learn from your experiences. Then you say, well, I'm not going to do that next time. You're able to say, okay, I, I know what works for me. And then I'm going to choose to do that. And then you get better at it. And you know how to turn it on and turn it off. And then you're able to score better because you know what you need to do that works for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or did I just? Yeah, that makes, no, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, just to, to sort of follow up on that, you're right. It, your, your accuracy and your focus and concentration improve greatly the more you play and the more you practice. And also it helps develop. Um, when you are more laser focused, you're able to block out uh, outside. Now, obviously, the average person's not playing in front of a big crowd, and and uh, you know, or, or in the case of other sports where there's an umpire's whistle that can be distracting. Um, but what it does is, with being able to learn and develop the skill of focusing and, and concentrating uh, more on what you're doing, and that doesn't mean that you're. When I say concentrating, I'm not saying, you know, okay, well, I've got to fold my right arm this way or I've got to do – I don't mean that. I'm just saying focus on the task at hand in, in a general sense. Um, you know, where do I want the shot to go? And, you know, you're asking yourself certain things as you're preparing to, to execute the shot. When you get over the shot, of course, you just play the shot. You're not sitting there thinking about all these things. But you want to concentrate and visualize what it is you're preparing to do so that you have a good sense. And the only way you can do that um, is – by getting out there and working on your game, but also playing a lot more often. Because the more often you play, the more focused you'll, uh, just by virtue of, of, it's like anything, with volume, you develop that skill. And by playing more, it gives you an opportunity to um, increase your abilities of, of staying focused and being able to concentrate. So, uh, no, you hit it right on the head, and I just think it's a, it is good for your brain. It certainly can be challenging. Um, you know, when you're not playing well, but, uh, again, that gives you reason and pause to, to focus a little bit more. Um, I'm going to wrap these two in just so that we don't run out of time here, but, uh, golf is also good for your heart. As mentioned, um, you know, uh, it gets your circulation going, um, that sort of thing. And also, uh, it's good to helps relieve, believe it or not, helps relieve stress and can improve your overall mental health. Now, some might challenge that and say, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, 20, 25 handicap and I get pretty frustrated out there, but that's because you're focusing and paying too much attention on the process and not just out there having a good time and just enjoying the game itself. But would you agree from a health standpoint that golf can be very good for you physically and, and obviously mentally? Yes, <laughs> it can drive you nuts, but <laughs> absolutely it can be good for you mentally and physically. Because it keeps well, you and, thinking and, and moving, and yes, yeah, I, I think it's exercise. I think what I right. I, I think I, I, you know, whenever possible, my friends and I would always walk the golf course. Um, you know, I know it's more challenging in, in more modern times. Now it's starting to, to starting to see more courses allowing uh, walking again. But for a long time, they were pushing everybody on the golf cart, and to me, that's a shame. I mean, uh, you know. As I get older, I realize it's, you know, it, it's nice to have that golf cart. Um, I don't have the same energy I once did when I was 20, but at the same time, I kind of miss those days because that was when we had more fun. I mean, you know, walking the golf course, taking in the fresh air, and just, you know, really um, monitoring the pace that we were playing. I find, and maybe, I don't know if you find this as well, but for some reason in the golf cart, you tend to speed up your play because you're getting from shot to shot much faster. And it kind of, I feel it hurries me a little bit. So I have to, um, when I get to that next shot, I've got to sort of put the brakes on literally and just sort of slow my, my rhythm down again, because that cart kind of gets you going. So I don't know if you feel that way, but I think overall mentally, um, I think it can be very healthy. Uh, it can be uh, a great way. Again, if you apply some of the things that we're talking about, it can actually reduce the stress, which ultimately will help overall mental health. What are your thoughts? I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, you need to know what your plan is. I think you need to um, 
I, I think you need to have a vision for your game. I think you need to have realistic expectations. I think you need to know what you're trying to do with the club. I think you need to play from uh, the right tees. I think you need to have some favorite clubs. I think you... Uh, I think you need to say, I'm going to try to walk and push my push a cart. Uh, I think you need to maybe get an eye watch or have a band that keeps track of how many steps you have because mm-hmm. you can, um, if you walk 18 holes, it's going to be five or six or seven miles. Yep. Uh, you know, all of the above is going to help you feel better about yourself and, I think if you take small swings, I think if you play winter rules by yourself, depending mm-hmm. on where you're playing, right. if you're playing at a public golf course that's not in very good shape, don't play the ball mm-hmm. down. You know, oh, we don't touch the ball. I've got a bunch of women that play, you know, at a yucky public golf course. It's always in terrible shape, and they don't touch the ball. Well, you're not mm-hmm. going to hit good shots out of grass that's four inches tall. So, again, (laughs) give yourself a break. So I'm trying to make it easier so that you have a better time and improve your overall mental health, right? Anyway. Right. No, that's a great – that's a really great point. You know, we've all played, you know, over the years, especially early on in our lives, you know, you play, uh, you know, maybe some of these older public courses now that we're not in great shape, but you know, the whole fairway was like hard pan. I mean, it was like hitting off concrete. And sometimes you had to, you know, give yourself a little better lie. You know, obviously, if you're playing in competition and things like that, you can't do that. But if you're just playing by yourself or if you're in, even if you were with your foursome and you're just having some fun and you're not really serious about the play, you're just out there to have a good time. Um, you know, if you're playing in a course where, uh, or you're just not really good golfers, it's okay. I mean, yeah, you're not playing by the rules. And, you know, some people say, well, that's cheating and that. But you know what? as long as everybody's on the same page, the whole bottom line is really to have fun when you're out there. Because if you're not having fun, that's when the stress levels go up. That's when the mental health, you know, deteriorates and, and that because people are so bound and bent, I've got to do everything perfect. Um, and no, you don't. Um, there's a lot of great players who don't do everything perfect. Um, but what they do is they stay focused and they let the – the bad times slip away and they don't worry about it and they stay focused in the moment. And that's really what you have to do. Um, a couple of the last ones here real quick. Um, uh, serious injury is not likely unless you're really out of shape. Um, weight loss. Uh, again, if you're able to walk, I strong, even if you, if you are an older uh, senior and you don't want to play 18 by walking, you know, play nine. Um, but just walk and get that exercise. That's going to help keep the, uh, um, the weight down, obviously your, your diet is going to help too, but um, getting out and getting that exercise is good. But obviously, um, you know, I, I'm not saying you cannot be. It, it's a low-impact sport compared to others, so you're not likely going to get uh, a serious injury, maybe occasionally a wrist injury or a knee, um, you know, if you tweak it a little bit. But um, certainly not a zero risk, but um, I think it, it's, it's much better. And the last one I'm going to say, and this one's a good one, um, believe it or not, golf even helps you sleep better. Um, the combination of exercise, fresh air, and, and you know, natural light, um, again, if you don't get too caught up in yourself, um, you can get a pretty good night's rest. At least I do. What are your thoughts here? I agree. I agree. Yeah, because you're going to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good tired. Uh, yeah, just don't stress yourself well, out. You could just, have uh, nightmares too. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and I understand. You know, obviously, when, I'm sure when you played on tour and you know you were anxious about the next day uh, getting back out in the course. Sometimes, sure, I can understand that. But you know what? For for the average uh, high handicap golfer, not there's no reason for you to to you know be stressing yourself out. And you should be able to uh, play relaxed and and um, you know and and if you're somebody that's not in the greatest shape and, and you need to, you know, go consult with your physician first, uh, but, you know, if you're new to the game and, uh, you know, let him or her uh, help you, guide you and say, okay, here's some areas that you have to be careful about. You know, you've got a bad hip or you've got this. Um, and, and then, you know, if you work with the, with a golf uh, coach or instructor, 
um, if you're taking some lessons, which I strongly recommend for somebody, especially new to the game, but uh, anybody really, um, it, make them aware of that and say, hey, look, I've got this bad hip or I've got this here, and they can help you organize your swing in such a way that's going to reduce the, the level of stress. Go to a, a certified fitness trainer, what have you. Um, but uh, that's the thing that you need to, to really focus on is how can I have more fun? What do I need to do to make sure that I, I reduce the, the level of, of injury, so on and so forth? Um, consult with your physician, obviously. But uh, All right, great conversation. Hopefully some of those tips uh, helped everybody. And uh, it's just basically go out and have some fun is what we want to get across here. We're going to take a quick message, and then we're going to come back with our very special guest, Isabella Fierro. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. Uh, you're with Ted and Cindy here on the Women of Golf Show, and we're excited to welcome our uh, very special guest this morning, Isabella Fierro, and she's uh, an LPJ Epson Tour player, and uh, she's from, I hope I'm going to pronounce this right, Ciudad del Carmen, Mexico. Uh, she played collegiate golf at Oklahoma State University and says she pursued a career in professional golf because she wants to inspire young women to dream big and that anything is possible no matter their background. Uh, some of her hobbies include working out, kite surfing, and fishing. And she said if she weren't a professional golfer, uh, she would be a professional singer. Um, very interesting. I'm going to ask her about that, Cindy. Uh, she closed out her 2023 season by winning the 2023 Tuscaloosa Toyota Classic, uh, giving her an overall ninth-place finish uh, for the race for the card. So, Cindy, let's welcome our special guest this morning, Isabella Fierro. Good morning. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Back home finally and uh, resting, and, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> that is awesome. Very awesome, good. Welcome. Awesome, awesome, Exactly. Welcome to uh, the show, uh, Isabella. We're glad that you could join us this morning. Let me ask you real, real quick, um, did, I, did I butcher up where you're from? Is that how it's pronounced, Suda? Yeah, you did a great job. She's that little Carmen, yeah. Uh, well, the one thing I was worried about, I was thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. I was almost just going to say she was from Mexico, but I thought I'll give it a shot. Um, Cindy, you want me to start or you want to go ahead? You start. All right. Well, congratulations, first off, on a great season, um, particularly your win at Tuscaloosa. Uh, obviously, that had to uh, really help wrap up uh, your season and put you in a good spot for the race for the card. As I mentioned, you're in ninth place uh, in the top 10. Uh, so you made it. Um, and uh, as you just mentioned uh, coming on that uh, you're, you're sort of relaxing, taking a little bit of a break. Um, can you take a, a deep exhale now that you're finished your season for, for Epson? And uh, what are you going to do um, as you get ready for next year? Are you going to relax a little bit more? Are you going to take some time off? What's, what's your game plan for the next little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really exciting uh, how the season ended. I, I was very patient from the beginning, and I knew eventually the good golf was going to come. Uh, but, yeah, th this week uh, I took some time off last week. Um, I literally did not touch a golf club, not, not work out on anything, and I started this week um, because I'm playing Pan Am games on, in Chile mm -hmm. next week, so I'm getting ready this week for it. I'm starting the heavy workouts, practice and stuff, um, and I'm leaving on Saturday to Chile. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Abraham Anser, Carlos Ortiz, Regina Potencia, we're going to be part of the Mexican squad, so I'm pumped to play alongside with them, and it's going to be so much fun. And, yeah, after that, I'm pretty sure I'm going to still be practicing and stuff. I think I really like always to be doing something to be better every single day, even if it's 1%. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just – um, having a good plan and planning the calendar for next year will be very important. And I think I'm going to do that after Panam games. That sounds good. It sounds like you got a busy, 
uh, next few weeks. So tell me, um, Isabella, why golf? What was it about golf? I mean, there's so many other sports that you can play, and maybe you did play some other sports as well growing up, but what was it about golf that appealed to you? Yeah, I mean, I've always been very athletic. Um, I mean, I have a younger brother and an older sister, but um, I, I think I just fell in love with the golf because it's just such a different sport that makes you mature uh, from a very young age. Uh, you get to uh, really work on your values. You really experience different things about yourself. You really get to know yourself way more than other other sports, in my opinion, and I mean, the venues that we play on, I mean, I've been very fortunate to travel since I was little, and my dad, he, he loves golf. I mean, he never played professionally, but he really likes golf, and uh, I remember when I was four years old that I, I went to the golf course to see him play, and I was just so intrigued how the the club worked and how the ball went so far, and I was like, I want to hit it like that, and out of a sudden, um, I started practicing, and uh, I just fell in love with it, so yeah, it's been great. A great journey so far. <laughs> How old were you when you first uh, that you remember driving the ball past your father on the golf course? How old were you when that happened? <laughs> probably my dad keeps it pretty far, uh, but probably when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I would say. Was that when he said, "Okay, you're playing professional golf"? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I've I've had that dream since I was four. I, I knew I wanted to be on the LPG Tour, and that's just a little step uh, towards my big goal, which is being the number one player in the world. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he knew that I had a challenge since I was a little baby. So, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, Cindy, go ahead. How many schools recruited you when you were young? Um, I was very fortunate. Um, I, I used to travel a lot to the U.S. to compete, and a lot of schools uh, came to see me and, and stuff. Uh, I mean, I don't have a specific number, but I'm going to say 20-plus, 30-plus, I think. Um, but I was very, very lucky that um, I got the chance to meet amazing coaches and to meet amazing programs, and, yeah, it was it was a really fun time. And what made you choose the school you chose? Um, first of all, I wanted a different program. Uh, I wanted a school that was not in the top top three in the nation. I wanted to help the, the team to get better. So I, that's why I chose Oklahoma State. And then I wanted a place that had very, very bad weather because uh, I think a golfer gets prepared and takes the best of their ability playing in very bad conditions. Um, and you get to know yourself in the golf course way more than if you're playing uh, 72 and sunny out there with no wind and in Oklahoma we always had wind we always had um, cold weather in the winter and stuff so I really got to to test my game to trust myself and to be more confident in the golf course so that's why um, I, I pick always you too and then the, the third factor I would say is because it was a very small place so I had everything I need no distractions not I mean in college, of course, you have distractions everywhere, but for me, I was very focused, and I knew what I wanted to do, and I wanted to help the team to win national championships, and we were very close to it, so, yeah, it was it was fun. That's awesome. And what the hell is with kite surfing? <laughs> kite surfing. Uh, so, I'm from the, from the beach, of course, uh, from a little island, and Kite surfing is just it's just so much fun. I just I really enjoy it. Um for me the ocean is my my second favorite place in the world and um yeah, it's kite surfing it's pretty much you're on a on a like on a wakeboard and it has to be windy outside for you to be able to do it. So yeah. Ay <laughs> Good for you. What do you do? Um talk to me about singing. This is awesome. Oh, I love, I, <laughs> yeah, I love singing. I, I've, I, pretty much since I was a little girl, I, my, my mom couldn't shut me up. I was always singing, even if I didn't know the lyrics. I used to sing <laughs> every single song, and um, out of sudden, I just love it. And back in always do. I actually used to take classes because that was like a hobby of mine, and I just enjoy it so much. I literally people that that know me, hundred uh, percent know that I sing even on the plane. I mean, on the shower, everywhere. I just love it. <laughs> You're like a bundle of energy, aren't you? 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's how what people would describe me. I'm like a little spark everywhere. That is so awesome. So awesome. Ted, go ahead. And and it it, it certainly comes out in, in your conversation and I think that's great. And you know, I, I think Isabel, and I think you would probably agree with this. We Cindy and I had a conversation before you came on and we were talking about some of the benefits of playing golf, but the number one thing is you have to remember to have fun. I mean, obviously you're at a competitive level. You've got to get out there and grind it out and you've got to make yourself, um, you know, play at a level in order to be able to be competitive. But at the same time, you have to have fun when you're out there. Cause if you're not having fun, then it, it's no, you know, it's not an enjoyable experience. What do you do? Um, obviously it sounds like you sing uh, a lot to yourself, so that's good. But what else do you do to make it fun for you out there? Because, again, it can be a grind week in, week out on tour. What do you do to keep keep that fun factor alive for you? I mean, yeah, definitely golf is very competitive, especially in the professional world. Uh, but for me, I think a couple years ago, I, I kind of took a different mindset when I was stepping in the golf course. I was like, instead of saying I have to play golf, it's like I get to do this. I get to play golf. I get to be out here every day. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed to see different golf courses. I meet different countries, different cities. And I think that was just um, way, way better for my mindset because every single time I step on the tee, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just, I, I am enjoying every single round, regardless of the score. I feel that that's very important for me, not really focusing on the, on the ending goal, but more in the process. Like how am I doing things? Um, for me, for example, is whenever I'm working out or whatever, um, I like listening to music. I like doing, I like to disconnect from the golf course whenever I have to. So I think I've done a pretty good job because uh, five, six, seven years ago, I used to be all about golf. So pretty much I will, I mean, I, I still watch golf and everything, but it will be golf 24-7. And I feel that it's such a long career, such a long path that you need, you need that little break. You need that disconnect from the golf course, from our job right now. So for me, it will be just, I mean, being with my family, hang out with my dog, just anything outside of that, um, go have a cup of coffee, stuff that makes me just feel calm and disconnected from the golf course, that really helps. And I still do that in the golf tournaments because, you, I mean, the brain can just focus so much in the golf course that you need you need that break. <clears throat> the brain needs that break and your body needs that break. And um, I try to do uh, recovery after, I try to do Epsom salt bath, I try to uh, do my recovery boots or Theragon, something that also it's going to comfort my body too because it's in a lot of um, stress throughout the week for sure. I, I think that's uh, – I agree with Cindy. I think that's fantastic. And you've got a, such a great attitude, which is what we would call infectious, which means that anybody that's around you with those positive vibes is, is naturally going to just lift them up as well. Um, and, you know, that's a, a great quality to have is to be able to have that impact on others that when you're around them, they're, they're excited to be around you because you're upbeat and you're very um, emotional in the sense that you're, you know, again, exuding that positive energy and you need that. But at the same time, you know, you know to, to kind of mentally sometimes step away from the game uh, because it can, it, it, you know, we've, we've had a lot of players come on like yourself. Uh, over the years from the Epson tour and, and even the LPJ and you know some of them said boy there got to be a time where I felt burnt out I was just you know golf 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 and nothing else and it just burnt me out and they realized as you have that you know you've got to be able to step away a little bit that doesn't mean you don't you know play hard and and, and work hard on your game but you have to be able to step away every once in a while otherwise you just get burnt out tell us about your a little bit about your win at Tuscaloosa you obviously uh, got the one win this season, and that obviously bumped you up enough to get into the top ten. Um, tell us about that win and how good you feel about getting that uh, that card uh, at the end of the season. I mean, it's been great. I think it took me like almost two weeks to uh, be like, oh, God, I am on the LPG Tour. This is great. Um, but, yeah, winning Tuscaloosa was, was, was so different than, than I've ever, that I've ever imagined and experienced before. Uh, first of all, I had my mom in the back, which that makes it triple special. And then my, my brother came to, to watch me play, which was even more special. So I had family with me, and I, I think that's going to stick with me forever. 
but it was funny because in the prom when I played, I was not hitting the golf ball pretty good. And I knew that I was a little bit tired from the week past and I knew I had to hang in there. So I was just trying to keep it more kind of in a slow-mo. I was trying to keep it more more light, just not overcomplicate things, not overthinking things, and just enjoying there in the prom with the people that I play that it was a blast. Um, I really liked the golf course, um, and I was not trying to let that uh, result of hitting not great on the prom define me for the for the next week. So I was just trying to keep it in the present in the moment, and I had so much fun. And then when the tournament came, I mean, I don't know if you all saw, but I started with bogey, bogey in a par five and in a par in a short par four, and I was like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> but my mom really kept me on my toes, helped me out there, and we had a blast together. And I, she was just repeating me and reminding me to stay in the moment that we still had 16 other opportunities to to make birdies and to make good shots and stuff. So definitely paid off, I think. Uh, being patient throughout the week, throughout the rounds, throughout every shot was very, very important. Um, I think my attitude, my positive attitude towards each hole, each shot, uh, really paid off at the end. And honestly, I was not, I was not expecting to win. I think it was just, I win. I've been really, really patient with this process. I've been trusting the people that are on my team uh, in this process, and I knew eventually it was going to come. It was just a matter of being patient because I feel that when you play frustrated and you really want something, it's not going to come. But when you're less expected and you're doing the right things at the right time, it's just going to come. So definitely that was a very special win. Um, I still look at the pictures. I still look at the videos because it's just such an emotional week and it's going to stick with me forever. And then the LPG Tour card, it was just it was just great. I knew, I mean, there was so many people from Mexico saying like, oh, you have it. It's already there. You already have the card. And I was like, no, no, it's still one more week. I have to give my all. I have to bring my A game. I have to enjoy it because I don't know if it's going to be the last time. So I'm just I'm just going to enjoy it. That's all I can focus about. And that's the only, the only thing I can control. So um, I play I play good. I mean, the first the first round I shot even par, which was not the greatest for the tournament because there was a lot of under par scores. But I trusted my game. I trusted myself that I was doing a good job and that the birdies will come eventually, and, and they did. So um, it paid off, and uh, my dad was there, my coach, my agent, my boyfriend, my mom, of course, in the back. So it was just really special knowing that whenever I got the card, uh, they were all sitting up there, and I got a chance to look at them and be like, okay, this is this is for you all. This is for everybody. This is because everybody's supporting me, and this is, for Mexico too, so I, I was I was so pumped, and I'm still am. I mean, I, I don't think that feeling is gonna go ever away, and I think that's gonna help me to thrive and to uh, practice with more energy and 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 to dream even bigger now. So, you know what? Well that's said. Awesome, because I I'm looking at the way the year started, and you missed the first two cuts, and then it, so it took you the first five weeks you only made, you know, $3,000. Then you had a really good week at Garden City. You made $14,000, and you finished tied for second. Then you missed another cut, and then you finished tied for 37th. Then you finished tied for 22nd. Then you finished tied for 47th. So it was pretty slow. And then you missed a cut in August. And then all of a sudden, you finished eighth, you finished third, you finished fourth, you won, and then you finished eighth. So something happened in the end of August after you missed that cut. And September through the end of the year, the last five weeks, it was like, uh uh-uh. You must have had an attitude adjustment. I don't know what happened, but that your whole rest of your year changed. Did something happen? Not not necessarily. I just feel that at the beginning of the year, I mean, I was absent to a rookie. There was, like, I feel expectations coming in. And I think after a while, like, I knew what, how did it feel to miss the cut. I knew what it felt to have a bad shot, a bad week and stuff. Um, so I just, I was, if I would say, if something changed, I would say that I was playing with no fear. I was playing freely. I was playing confident. I was playing and trusting myself in the process and what I was doing in every single shot. 
And regardless of good shot or bad shot, I was like, okay, it's okay. We're, let's go to the next one. It's fine. And I feel at the beginning of the season, I was more about like, oh my gosh, like I need to make this spot to make the cut and stuff like that. So I, I think I just, I was putting so much pressure on myself. And I mean, I, I, I react really good to pressure uh, usually, but I feel as a rookie, I had all of these big expectations on myself that I, I've never played Got on it. tour before. So, so I think yeah. that was, that was a key point. Yep. Yep. Expectations, all that stuff. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> yeah, what a, awesome. what a great uh, a great way to finish off the season, especially your rookie season. And, you know, I think, you know, Isabella, I think it's like any anything when you do something new, um, meaning, uh, you know, this was your first season out um, as a professional on the Epson Tour, uh, you were a rookie, and you know you kind of have to get your feet wet. You have to sort of get stabilized. Okay, what, what's what's going to happen out here? Because you know, as we've said so many times on the show, talking with the other girls that have played um, at a at a university or collegiate level, playing as a team, so everything's sort of taken care. Of. Now you're on your own. You've kind of got to you know get yourself organized. You've got to set your own schedule. You've got to get from event to event on your own, essentially. And so it's a big adjustment. So I, I can understand very easily how you've kind of got to get a rhythm going. And I think that's what I see is, is you kind of found your rhythm um, the latter part of the season. You obviously played some good golf throughout, but there was some struggles as well. Um, do you think that was really part of it as well? It was just sort of getting yourself, finding that balance for you and, again, alleviating some of that pressure? Oh, for sure. Um, I feel that one of the things, too, that I kind of noticed uh, at the beginning, like middle season, late of the season, was that I was like, well, I'm not I'm not doing this alone because at the beginning of the season, like missing cuts and stuff, like it's very easy to feel lonely. It's very easy to feel like you don't belong and what are you doing and all these questions that a lot of not just golfers but athletes ask to themselves. I feel that that's very common. But I just I was just thinking like I'm not I'm not doing this alone. I had I have my family. I have a bunch of people that care about me regardless of my results. Why why am I gonna care about my results? Just let's just enjoy this journey. Let's just enjoy this. So definitely I was more in flow. I was more in the process. So um, just going through week out week in and it was just I feel I was doing the same things and uh, I was very calm every week and it it paid off. Yeah. Very good. Um, you know, when I read out your bio earlier, um, besides, as, as Cindy had pointed out, the kite surfing obviously stood out to me as well, and, and I was going to ask you the same thing, but um, something else stood out in your bio that really impressed me, and that was the purpose of pursuing a career as a professional golfer um, was not a selfish one. It's not, well, I want to be, you know, obviously I know you want to rise to the top and you want to, you've mentioned that, but what I really found impressive was that you wanted to inspire other young women to dream big and that no matter what the challenge, that anything is possible. Why is that important to you? I mean, it's so important because um, since Lorena Ochoa, uh, I mean, she raised up the bar very, very high for us Mexican athletes and golfers. But she really led as with example as, as a great person, great golfer. And for me, I just feel that there's so many little girls out there, especially Mexican girls, that are dreaming, but they're just saying like, oh, I have this or I have that. And I feel that if you really want things to happen, it's possible. Like, I, I think, I mean, I'm an I'm a example, little example with, with my season. Like, uh, I started an absence tour, missing costs, not really having the results, but I was keeping keeping a smile out there. I was trying to be very transparent throughout social media. I was trying to talk to people and just be like, this is normal. Like, missing costs is part of the job. It's it's okay. And I just want to inspire young young girls to, to really dream big because it's it's so important that that first of all you have the love for the sport regardless if it's golf or not. And second of all that you enjoy the process and that don't let the result define you because it's not it's that's not really how it works. So um, I just I just love little girls and I mean I remember when I was a little girl and I was um, kind of having my my idols and the people I was looking looking for uh, for the most and um, I just I just want to be out there for little girls too and knowing that 
there's nothing wrong about having a bad shot, a bad score, a bad week, but it's just about dreaming big and, and yeah, so for sure. Going back real quick to Tuscaloosa, um, when you sank that, because you said your mom was on the bag that week, when you sunk that last putt, obviously probably prior to that, you knew you had the tournament. Um, would it be safe to say that your mom was equally as excited for the win as you were? Well, I think, I think yes, because um, on 17, when I make that long putt for Birdie, before I make that putt, I look at her and I was like, this is for you, mom. And she was wearing sunglasses, and she started to cry because I made that putt, but I couldn't tell. She told me this after, like a week after. And then we were walking on the 18th hole, and I remember I went on my knees, and I have a picture about it. And I went on my knees, and I told her, Mom, I've been getting ready my whole life for this. I'm ready. And she's like, yes, you are. Let's let's just enjoy this. And I, I think we walked in, like, slow motion, and we were just enjoying so much uh, that walk on 18. And whenever I sunk the putt, I remember that she was holding the flag with one hand and she was hugging me. She's like, Isa, I have to let go of the flag. So she let go of the flag and I just gave her a big hug. And I knew it was not just my work. It was like my mom's work and it was my family and everyone around me that, that made that result. for. So definitely, I think she was even more excited. <laughs> well, I think so. I, uh, you know, obviously, uh, as I'm sure your father and, and the rest of your family were, were excited for you as well. Um, would it be safe to say that mom might be on the bag another time? Um, hopefully. I think it's, it, now it's the time for her to enjoy. So I'm probably going to bring her to a lot of events uh, and watch her play. I think she deserves now to take a deep breath and to enjoy uh, the tournament. And I think I'm going to get a caddy. So, but I know that whenever I will ask her for help, she's always going to be there for me and my feelings. So uh, if I ever need it, she will be back. <laughs> Well, I think it, it's also good to let her end her caddying career on a high note. She she helped you win that tournament, and uh, that would be a good way to end her caddying career and and just be a uh, a mom who sits on the sidelines and watches with pride and and uh, enthusiasm, watches her her little girl go out there and and uh, battle it out on the LPGA tour. Um, Cindy, any uh, final questions or thoughts? No, just good luck. You're gonna do great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Isabella, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And, and uh, again, congratulations on your win in Tuscaloosa and for uh, getting in the top ten uh, for Race for the Card. I think you're going to do fantastic. And um, I, I can see a very, very bright uh, future for you out on the LPGA. I think you've worked hard, and that hard work has paid off. And you have such a great attitude as well. Um, and I think you're going to be an inspiration to other young women, not just in Mexico, but around the world that uh, have the pleasure of watching you play uh, as you move forward in your career. But congratulations again on a great 2023 season out in the Epson and continued success 2024 on the LPJ. And thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Good luck. Bye-bye, Isabella. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a great young lady um absolutely you know i mean you can you can just hear the enthusiasm in her voice and just really has and you know i, I know we've said this before but um you know these girls coming off the the epson or coming in through the epson tour and that are just so well put together um they just um you know always seem to be very positive you know, some have obviously had some moments where they've had some struggles, but um, usually by the time we get them on the show, you know, they're they're focused and they're they're just grateful. And you can hear the gratitude that she has in her voice and in her comments of, you know, she came to realize that you know what, you you do have a right to be here and you've earned your right to be here, and this is a, a you know a, a great opportunity and not looking at I don't deserve it or what have you. And she just has a, uh, just a really upbeat, a lot of positive energy. And, you know, if you looked at her picture on, online um, under the Epson Tour uh, banner, uh, just a big, bright smile. I mean, you know, she just exudes that energy. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think she's going to do very well next season. And, and what a great uh, a great opportunity to have mom on the bag as well and, and to share in that special moment uh, at her win in Tuscaloosa. All right, on that note, 
uh, we got to say goodbye, but want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show, and a special thanks again to Isabella Fierro uh, as she navigates her way next season on the LPJ. And uh, hope you got some uh, interesting thoughts uh, from our discussion in the OPS zone. But uh, don't forget to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. And if you missed the show or part of it, you can scroll down and listen to today's show in its entirety in the recorded version previously aired shows. But on that note, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody, and we'll see you next week right here on the Women of Golf Show. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf Show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.